Welcome to the Bring It Home Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara, and here we talk about your life, your story, your purpose. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. So good to be with you today. And I brought along, everybody, I brought along your favorite Bring It Home podcaster, my wife, Susie. She hasn't been around for a while because we've been moving for the last six months. And I haven't we, been on the podcast since you changed the name. Huh. How about that? I don't even remember when I changed the name. So. Well, it's usually once a year. <laughs> So true. So we are actually we we literally just moved into our new house. We've been quasi homeless for like six months (laughs) and now we have a home, which is great. So then uh, finally, Susie slowed down a little bit so I could catch up to her and bring her on the show. And uh, can I just tell people our epic purchase? Well, first of all, I thank my sister and brother in law because they let us live with them. And that was amazing. It was a very luxurious lower level. I can't call it a basement or they get angry with it was, me. It was a basement. But it though. was beautiful. But anyway, so I'm grateful to them. But now that we got into our home, Matt kept telling me I had to wait until we got into our house. And literally, we moved in last Thursday and we picked up a vinyl record console. It is gorgeous. We've been playing records nonstop. It also the AM FM radio still works. So I've been rocking the Christmas radio station here in Jayville. And we so we're big record fans. I grew up my my dad had a record player. The first music I ever really listened to was on a record player. I know your dad was like an Elvis fan. Did you yeah. guys have records though? We was had that? it all. We had the record player. We had the eight track. Oh yeah, we, we had, had the, the eight tape. track. Yeah, it was yeah. just awesome. So eight tracks even in our in our station wagon. Oh like, wow, I know that's big that's time. Fancy. And so we've always kind of wanted a record player, but we've always, I mean, Susie I and I are a little specific. Yeah, and we're a little bit. I don't, the, the the life that we live requires us to be a little bit uh, stingy on our spending habits, or it has. And uh, so, like, we, for the last, I don't know, five to seven years, have had these tiny little Walmart record players that work, but they don't really work. So, like, our dream was always, like, we need, like, a real, a real. record player. And we got one. It's, like, straight out of the, what do you think, like, 70s, maybe? I don't even. It's got to be it's the 70s. It's it's either late or 60s, early 70s, but it is beautiful. Like, yeah. I mean, whoever had this took great care of it. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about conflict, but there is no <laughs> conflict in this family about how epic our new record player is. So if you know us, you should come down to Janesville, Wisconsin, just to hear the record but player. But the thing is, if you're going to come, like you've got to come with supplies. You need some drinking glasses and some good old fashioned you know, mixes. We've got glasses if you could just bring the alcohol. And then you I mean, also it's a housewarming gift. So right. it's But then you need to bring like your favorite record. Yes. Oh that's my gosh. what that's what you have to bring. Okay. Enough about that. We're pretty excited about this record player. I know. It, I I don't remember us being more excited. <laughs> about it it's not like we paid thousands of dollars for this thing but i don't remember us being more excited about this every cd we've ever made even if it was horrible Mm. we should convert it to a record somehow yes so like the we could 
get out. Our band back when we first got married was called One Core. We could we could make those into records, and then we broke up the band and started MSK. So we've got Ready Set Go. We could put that on a record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christmas much. albums. A couple of Christmas. Those actually would be awesome yeah, would on be a fun. record. We might do that. New okay. record from Matt and Susie K coming. Yeah, it's coming, sometime. guys. It's coming. I don't even know year. how to make a record, but we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> All right, so um, here's the interesting thing about Susie and I. We are we are known, for better or for worse, as Matt and Susie. Uh, there's been times when I've been working somewhere or have been in grocery stores when people have looked at me, pointed at me, smiled and said, you're Matt and Susie. And to which I responded, <laughs> not really, but yes, like I'm Matt. Susie's not even with me, but there's been this... Um, this uh, what like uh, identity like we have this identity as a couple and it's because we do music and we've done date nights and we've done a lot of stuff to, we work together Shows. for most mm-hmm. of our marriage and so I think probably what's happened I know what's happened is people assume that Matt and Susie have their act together <laughs> and they're this wonderful little married couple little. who who go out on dates all the time and they never argue never and have any problems. they love they love God so they always just figure things out and the truth of the matter is Matt and Susie are are have I mean, taken some back roads we can we can <laughs> and we've got conflict with the best of them and, and I think that's just because we're passionate that's part of it as well mm-hmm. I think it's because we're stubborn um yeah I we're think, dreamers I think it's because we're dreamers um I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons behind it, but um, but it's been I, like I remember when we used to <laughs> when we used to be on staff, like worship leaders at church, and I remember like we would get into arguments in the middle of rehearsals. Like, I wouldn't. You would. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, case in point just happened right there. Um, but like there was always and it wasn't like bad, but it was like bickery stuff. And then we'd go home afterwards and then we'd have like the real but fight. Then we'd have the fight because I'd be like, you embarrassed me in front of the whole team tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And then we come from di- and if you've, you know, followed us in any level or followed this podcast and heard us talk about some of these things before, you also know that we come from different sides of the track. Uh, I grew up in a very <laughs> quiet household. We didn't get cable TV until I was a junior in high school. And I lived in a place where you couldn't get antenna TV either. So we did a lot of reading. The newspaper was a big thing. We didn't talk very much. We just hung out in a lot of silence. Well, you played the drums. Yeah, it was loud when I played the drums. But from a, a social standpoint, like we had a, just a very quiet family and we didn't deal with conflict. We didn't we never had any conflict because yeah, we didn't I, talk that and much. And I grew up in an Italian family. <laughs> well, I mean, we might they, as well been. We yeah. might as well have been Italian, but Irish, yeah. so Yeah. So There's some feistiness, fiery. fiery. And so um I don't want us And know, French. Both what, both kind of Are French people feisty? I think French people are passive aggressive. <laughs> Not all of them. I don't know. I don't really well, know any French people. But. The Pelican family isn't passive aggressive at all. They're just straight up aggressive. <laughs> That's true. We're we're not passive aggressive. We're just I'm, aggressive. I do not tell I a lie. I love that. That's I, really great. I'd rather be aggressive than passive aggressive. I think so. Otherwise, you're sneaky, but not like mm-hmm. you're trying to be. I don't know. That's that's like vindictive. 
You know? I agree. I would. I think it's better to be one or the other, but not both. <laughs> be passive, or like me, or aggressive like Susie, <laughs> but don't. Be wow, both. together we're passive aggressive. Oh shoot. Wow, we just learned something new about ourselves. So anyway, for the longest time, I think we struggled with this idea of conflict because we had, and I don't want you to get, like, I don't want us to paint the picture like our life is full of arguing. It's not. Like, we, uh, like we've talked about this recently even, babe, where we're, it's like we, we argue with the best of them, but I don't know that a lot of people have as much fun as we do Yeah, either. we have a ton of fun. And it's not An like adventure. we're... You know, it's not like we're duking it out in our living room. It's just that we disagree. So we don't yell at each other. We just disagree about things. Yeah. And I guess I would say we've learned a lot in these last two years and we've got some tools in our back pockets now and we've also went through a lot. So we have a lot of grace for each other. We have a lot of grace for our kids. Um, And it's been an awesome journey to watch each other grow in this way. And we always used to host date nights because you'll some of this will come out in this podcast about like we can talk to you about adventure. We can talk to you about um, what are other things just like playfulness and having good date nights like just dreaming together. Yeah, one of the another thing that's a big part of our marriage even to this day even though we think wildly different about spirituality like prayer is a normal part of our life. That was another thing we always talked about that kind of kept us together. Right. But you'll hear um, tonight we're kind of sitting in a different place because at our date nights we would just say we're not going to talk to you about parenting because we still haven't figured it out and our kids have been teenagers. You know now we're finally we have adult kids now. We have adult we don't even have two teenagers. Yeah we just we have, have, a 20, we have eight, yeah we have an 18 year old and a 20 year old we have one, one teenager, teenager and one but both 20 adults something or considered in this world adults i still say guys keep this quiet but i still say that just because you turn 18 doesn't mean you're ready for all adult things <laughs> yeah that's that's true that's true okay so okay. when we're talking but, about conflict um and we don't to, wait i didn't finish oh, my okay. sentence so all that to say is like we would tell people at our date nights that we weren't going to talk about parenting but we have learned a lot and i think that we are still learning but i think that we could offer some encouragement and some help with some of the stories that we'll share tonight today it's nighttime here today whenever you're listening whenever you're listening yeah. yes uh, so the the two biggest things that Susie have always Susie and I have always argued about has been parenting because we grew up in different households as I already mentioned and faith because we just we we approach it differently we approach mm-hmm. our faith differently and kind of I won't say we always have but very early in our marriage we started understanding on some level we, we kind of just thought looked at it through a different lens and it's created a lot of but arguments. you were pretty quiet about it like you didn't speak out about kind of some of the things once in a while I would hear if you were kind of, you know, kind of maneuvering down a different path than me, but it was not, it was nothing that like blew my mind. I think there was know? times when I was reading books that would just suddenly go missing <laughs> What? <laughs> or papers that I always wondered if like, did Susie hide that on me? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Anyway, so okay. we've uh, we, we've just we'll try not to get in conflict in the midst of recording this podcast. But if we you never do, know, guys. if we do, you'll get to see like real life examples. We'll play it of out. How we handle it. We'll it'll play it be, out. It'll be perfect. So one of the biggest things that came up as we started growing and um, educating ourselves and getting help 
with some of these controversial controversial issues in our marriage. One of the things that was discovered and I was able to communicate finally with Matt was that conflict is it equals intimacy for me. Yeah. So when Susie first brought this idea into the picture, I literally thought it was the most weird and twisted thing. I thought like (laughs) this is the most messed up thing you've ever said in your life. Like I think somewhere in that ballpark was where I was thinking because the two don't even, that doesn't even make sense to me because intimacy in my mind is like the absence of conflict because intimacy requires like a deep connection. And when I think about conflict, I think about like being disconnected. And I think I'm not saying that that's the right way to think, but when you first brought it up, I was like, that's batshit crazy. You thought I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the way I've always thought about like conflict, bad, intimacy good conflict yeah. apart intimacy together and then through time and conversation it it landed with you and you got it and so just just like a couple weeks ago right and we'll we'll get into that but starting here i was telling matt i was like the reason conflict is intimacy with me so again i grew up in a home where you know you got to live out your emotions you got to express yourself And it was never frowned upon. It was never quieted. It was never hushed. And so then you kind of learned, you didn't fully learn how to navigate your emotions, but it was never shot down. So I could kind of navigate my relationships in a way that, that there would at, for the most part be resolved after conflict. Like I can remember fighting with my brothers and sisters or my brother and sister and the next day we would all be over it. The resolve, and correct me if I'm wrong because it's your family, not mine. The resolve was not necessarily that you came to a conclusion about whatever you're fighting about. The resolve is that you'd wake up the next morning and agree to still love each other. Absolutely. And my mom from day one was always like, you guys are the most important people in each other's lives. You just need to always be there for each other. And so this was like instilled in me when from the time the time I could be in conversation and have an understanding of like, why is this so important that I stay really close and connected to my brother and sister? But it was so important to my mom. And I just kind of took that on. And so did my brother and sister, because we've all had conflict, but we all love each other like dearly. So I was telling Matt, I was like, conflict makes me feel safe. Like I can say anything I want to you and you're not going anywhere. Like that's how it was in my family. So like I had this, I had to redefine it because you can't just expect people to understand the world you grew up in and it created issues for us because you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like we didn't resolve this. Like you resolved it on your own and in your heart and your mind. Like I love Matt, so we're good, you know, but you're, you were sitting with the issues for days and days and the residue wasn't on me. Because I didn't grow grow up like that at all. So the idea of like conflict being intimacy, I, I think I'm still like learning. I'm trying to discover what I think about it because I do like agree with it and don't agree with it all at the same time. Depends on how you think about it. But yeah, so, um, you know, you grew up with this idea that conflict, whatever, we're going to be together no matter what. I didn't grow up that like that. So when there would be like a really nasty argument, right. I didn't have this assumption that everything was going to be okay when we woke up the next day. And I'm the type of person that hangs on to things for way too long. And so I would just hold on to these things and didn't feel like they were getting resolved. Maybe, now, maybe you can look at it from this angle is 
conflict shows you care and is typically contradictory to what people think. So I guess my belief is, and this is my belief, it doesn't have to be your belief, but that I think it says more about me that I love you enough to say, hey, I disagree with you, but I'm sticking around because I'm mad crazy about you. I'm madly in love with you. And just because we disagree doesn't mean that I don't love you. And we've been walking our kids through that. Like, if I disagree with you, it doesn't equate that I don't love you, you know? Right. Yeah. And I would say kind of the the caveat or the, the, the way to button up this intimacy piece is that if you can handle conflict in a healthy way, which we're going to kind mm-hmm. of touch on in a little bit, then without a doubt, conflict can equal intimacy. If you are incapable of doing that, <laughs> then conflict, I think, will be something that continues to divide you. Right. But when you sense that um, conflict is a, where you're focusing on the issue at hand, where conflict is done in a way where you genuinely care about one another, then I do think you can come out on the other side of that feeling like you were seen or you were heard and you were valued and then it can actually bring you together. And I agree with you that if there is conflict, it should be dealt with because if it doesn't get dealt with, it'll just fester. I think we have to start with um, maturity. You have to be a person that wants to understand, that wants to grow that wants to move your relationship forward and not look backwards. We've talked to many couples about that. We've said, if if you guys aren't in agreement and if you guys aren't equally going after this together, it will feel impossible. Because most conflict, like let's all be real honest with ourselves, when you enter into a situation where it's a, a conflict, the beginning stages of that conflict are you wanting to be right. Right. So I we think. had like yeah, I always want to be absolutely right. well, but not anymore. I don't see that as much anymore. I, I think still now want to we're be on the right. same we're on the same team. Well, I think we both like to be right, but I think the point is that maybe now we're okay not always being right, or maybe we're okay like backing off of our rightness in order to get something that feels good to both of us. The greater whole. Family. Yeah, yeah. We're still figuring this so, out, but we're working through it. Number one, which is a huge thing. If you're going to grow in this area of of getting comfortable with conflict and letting it feel like intimacy, letting it become intimacy in your marriage is there's a certain level of maturity and then you're in agreement to do it together and grow together. And then you have to stay calm. You have to say what you want to say and then do your do your absolute best to not bring offense or to get offended. Yeah. So I think the first, so this is, and this is like the great part about relationship is you, you both bring strength in different ways. So I don't have a problem staying calm because of the way I grew up. So like calmness is both my superpower and like my kryptonite. It's like both (laughs) and, right? Like sometimes it's really healthy. Other times it's really toxic because I'll use it to get my way sometimes you grew up in a household that was not emotions would it was not rise calm up. still not calm <laughs> and part of that is like what we love about you know like our kids want to go to to your family's house for thanksgiving because it's loud and crazy and fun right and um and so it's not that calmness is always the right answer or the way that you live life it's that calmness in the context of 
conflict is really important because as soon as like as soon as your voice elevates or as soon as yelling starts like the the ability to come to a positive conclusion like is out the door it's gone right because if you start yelling at me mm-hmm. like i'm you said like you're we're going to get to this a little bit but the idea is like don't get offended if somebody yells at me i'm offended right. i don't even care what you said right <laughs> i'm just going to be offended cuz you just yelled at me yeah it's harsh so i guess to that point the that was the main area that i really had to show up and own this part of our relationship and just say i need to find a new approach i need to and figure you out kick ass at it now <laughs> thank you i i still get i feel like i feel like the insides of me bur- are burning up when i can't say what i want to say like i just I just want to say things without a filter and I just want to be aggressive. And sometimes you do. <laughs> sometimes you I don't still think do I, I don't know if I do it as much anymore. Like, no, no, no. Not I think as there much. are so many things I have held back the mm-hmm. last two years that I've really wanted to say, but I had to show up and I've had to own like I'm harming people with my words. I'm harming. I wouldn't do this even probably to my closest friends, but in my family dynamic, I just felt like I'm safe here. I've had a hard day. I've had a long day. I got my period. Like whatever it was, I had an, a legitimate reason that I could blow up at you, but you should just take it because you married me and you understood well, that this is, I was fiery. There's some truth to that. And you're my safe landing. Like you're yeah. my safe place. And that and, should always be true no matter what. But now, I think I just, I just took it for granted. I think what you've done is you've, all you've done, the only thing that you've changed is you have changed the volume level. Mm-hmm. I still think you're pretty good about speaking your mind. I still think most of the things that come to your head in a conflict come out of your mouth, and I don't say that as a negative. Right. I just think they come out in a calm way, mm-hmm. so that I don't hear it as get. I don't. I don't feel like I'm getting yelled at, so I'm not going to shut down. I hear it as okay. This is a genuine concern that yes. you have, so I'm going to hear it because you're speaking yes. it calmly. My inflections are now in sexy tone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh! But seriously, I did notice even with my dog when I'm walking him, if I'd be like, "Ruben, come," but if I whisper, he comes. He's like, he's like leaning in, like, "What's mom going to say to me?" Which yeah. I think is very true about like this, this is, idea. This is where like. <laughs> preachers have screwed this up forever like we've oh got gosh. a like a culture of yellers right stop yelling stop. at me in we church we always say that to when we the times when we go to church and they start yelling at us we're like just i hate it just calm down like we're in our late 40s we don't need anybody <laughs> yelling at us anymore just say what you need to say i literally calmly. i literally stop listening yeah. when pastors start raising their voice but what happens when you get real quiet i know because you lean in i know like you natu- it's a natural human reaction when somebody whispers to lean in. And then you and then I get quiet and I use my sexy inflections and then you like you stare at me and then you like kiss me. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> That's yeah. what's gonna happen though right. eventually. Okay. You guys. Yeah. So I still do a lot of like speaking for young people. And the worst thing you could do if they're and and usually when I and I'm talking like rooms of like sometimes over a thousand teenagers. The worst thing you can do in that situation if they're a little unruly is raise your voice because they'll see that as like a challenge. Yeah. The best thing you can do is just shut up. And yeah. usually when you just like that's sometimes what I'll do is I'll just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden. Or you ask them quiet. a question. I love it when I've been 
places with you and you're like, are you guys good over there? Oh yeah, for That's sure. That's my Just, favorite. You guys good? Yeah. Like, and he's so, you're so gentle and sincere about it that they're like, what? <laughs> I think I'm okay. Okay. So we've kind of, we, we've talked about staying calm. Number mm-hmm. two, this one's a big, big one. Say what you want to say. Oh, you no, have to. I'm horrible at this. Can I just <laughs> well, say I, it out we loud? talked about what I was horrible I'm at. Now still we're still horrible at you're this. You're getting so much better. I don't know. You are. I so here's here's where it comes from. And I think a lot of these things, and hopefully what you're getting a little bit out of this too, is that a lot of these things come from a good place. Like y- you have a fiery piece of you that likes to yell because you grew up in this very, like you said, almost like Italian like family, just loud. You know, well, that and came, I'm a performer. Like right. that's in that's loud. in you, me. When you sing, you sing. I am a belter. Yeah. yeah. And so, this piece of saying like what you want to say, I somehow grew up learning to try to say what I think other people want me to say. <laughs> that's not what I want to say. It's what. So we'll be in the middle of a conflict, and I'm sitting here trying to say the right thing instead of just saying the thing. Yeah. So instead of saying what I actually feel about it, I'm trying to say what I think you want to hear. Early on in our relationship, that's because I just wanted the conflict to go away. Now in the relationship, it's because I want everybody to be okay. Um, And it's just not healthy because then what happens is I will say something because I think the person in front of me who I'm having a conflict with, and that doesn't just have to be us. Mm -hmm. It can be conflict with anybody. And I'm trying to say what I think they want me to say or try to say things in a way that I think are palatable for them. And I end up saying things that aren't even true to me. And then they, you or anybody else is assuming something about me that's not even true because I actually said this thing that wasn't true. As opposed to me actually just being like gutsy enough to say, actually, no, like actually this is what I actually think. And I know by me saying that it's going to piss you off, but it's still true. So I've got to say it. And the hard thing about what you're you're saying is it creates more problems down the line when you're not honest and authentic in what your truth is or what you're experiencing. It creates more problems because I would say things like, don't you remember when you said this to me? And because it's not a real conviction for you, you're like, I said that? I didn't say that. So it it creates even more problems down the line because then that person that you're not being real with or being honest with, they're they're coming up with all of these different connections and things that they have with you. And then all of a sudden they're discovering like, wait a minute, I don't really think we have this connection or this thing mm-hmm. in common because when which, I've asked them about it, they don't even remember telling me about it. Which then goes back to the first thing we talked about, which is staying calm. <laughs> right? sometimes, and then I get like mad because I'm like wait you just told me this sometimes when the other person who is in the conflict says something that they need to say like it's hard to stay calm because you're upset because maybe what they said is hard to hear and that's why it's equally important you can you can not agree with what they say but it's still really important to like let it be said but then I felt crazy I'm like I swore you just told me this like a week ago you know so it, it just creates conflict after conflict and so you have to say what you want to say and I hope that you're realizing like even when I don't agree with what you have to say or I know it's going to affect me like I'm responding differently I'm responding in a way that's like okay all right that's good for me to know Mm -hmm. you know yeah yep 
Yeah, it's definitely better. It, it grates a little bit against like in that moment, it doesn't feel like conflict is intimacy. Right. Sometimes it feels like, oh boy, I just like put a big wedge in the middle of the room, you right. know, but that doesn't change the fact that it's important because then you really know what you're trying to work through. Mm-hmm. And then um, this this next beat, like this, you can see as we talk about it, even you can see how this I would, is really wait, challenging. I just want to call, I, I want to call this out because... We had an amazing date night. This was probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, where we went to a movie and then we went out to dinner and you were being super authentic and real and you had had a really hard week and you said things to me that they just land, they landed, they didn't land in any grandiose space, but there was definitely a connection that happened across the table because you were allowed, you were able to breathe. I remember you saying like all week you were struggling with it. And I think it was in your last podcast about being grateful. You were, and then you got it all off your chest. And I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass us in the room or anything, but like we went home after having a hard conversation and we had a good night. (laughs) (laughs) So it does create intimacy. Yeah, and that 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 was a great example too. And that's maybe the first time I ever thought that that could be true because it was helpful because what had happened is actually earlier that week we had some sort of conflict. I, I, God, I don't know what we were talking about, but we had some sort of conflict that felt like it was unresolved. Like there's things that were spoken and it didn't probably because we we're in the middle of a million things. We didn't have time right. to like just work through it. And I was holding on to those things all week just waiting, not not in a negative way. I was hanging on to him waiting for the right time to talk about him because there was some things that were said that felt offensive or that rubbed me the wrong way. And I was holding it because not because I didn't think we'd talk about it. I knew we would talk about it. I was just waiting for the right point because I wanted it to be a healthy. I wanted it to be a healthy conversation. Ladies, that was really hard for me because I know when Matt is not in his fun loving, like normal, just life giving space. And so he was kind of a. Uh, what would you call a David Downer? They call ladies the David, Debbie Downers. <laughs> you were the Dave, David, Danny, Danny the Downer. Danny Downer that yeah. week. And I was like, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait because it's just going to, well, he's not ready. He's not ready. And so you have to learn patience. And I told Matt at the beginning of that week, I'm like, you're going to have to bring this back around. You're going to have to, we can't just drop this. And you did. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did say that to you. Mm. Okay. But you don't remember a lot of things That's these true. days. <laughs> That's true. Either way, I knew I had to bring it back around. Okay. And when I did, hey, here's the other thing about that. When I did, we didn't agree about what we talked nope, about. Nope, we didn't. But there was still intimacy that night. And I, so, I felt like I felt the, um, I was thankful for the ability. And I know this because of how far we've come in this space. I was thankful to have the space to say what I needed to say. Yes, and that's exactly without that point. with without getting yelled at, without getting chastised, without like any of that. Like I right. was allowed to say what I needed to say, and even though you didn't even necessarily agree with some of what I I shared, which at this moment I have no I idea. Um, but it was still okay because part of what I needed is just to get it off my chest. And I get that. I, I think us as women, we get that, which leads us to number three. And this is so critical to kind of have a little bit of resolve like we're talking about and create an intimacy. Like don't bring offense or be offended in that conversation. 
sometimes it's good to go out and be in public places. So you have to be on your best yeah, behavior. That's not, not the worst idea. Um, don't, don't they say if you have to fire somebody, like take them out to lunch? <laughs> I, they can't yell I, at the you. Truth, but but here's, here's what's key about this. And, and you're not going to bring offense if you make I statements. So what I mean by that is make us make a statement about what your truth is so for example matt i believe that i want my children to grow up and be strong and independent and i need you to stop like um picking up the pieces for them if things fall out from under like we need to let them fail we need to it's okay if they fail and so i you know, so making I statements like I'm feeling like you're not allowing our children to fail. That's my truth right now. I feel like. And so then Matt explains his truth, which would be. I feel like as a father, one of the greatest things I can do for my kids is to help them see that a man can be supportive to them. And a dad represents support and love and care at all costs. Like both are true. But they're both coming from a different lens. But they're con- you can see how they're contradictory to one another. And don't get me wrong. I'm well aware that like I spoil my kids in ways that I shouldn't. And they come to me if they need money because they know. I've got a sign in my office that they made me for Father's <laughs> Day that just says, sure. Because <laughs> yeah, Matt we all never know, says no. We all know that Matt struggles to say no to, no to his kids. And to anybody. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> And, and But these are things I'm learning to just really love and appreciate about Matt. You know how they say like when you first marry your person, like you love all the things that you can't stand about them 20 years later. Uh, that's probably true, right? <laughs> I'm learning to fall back in love with all of those those beautiful traits about you. And some of them have changed, but I'm learning to fall back in love with like, yeah, okay. You know, that, that soft-hearted tenderness, teddy bear side of you or whatever. Huh. yeah so when when you're in a conflict this is the other you know this idea of bringing offense so this this thought is like don't bring offense um and don't be offended both of those things are really hard because you can tend to lose your filter in the midst of a conflict and your ability to be offended also is very heightened and i think the, the the best idea behind this one and the only thing that seems to work is to focus on what you're trying to like focus on what you're trying to solve as opposed to mm-hmm. to anything else. And so realizing that, okay, I'm I'm not saying this to try to offend you. It may feel offensive, but that's not my goal is actually to get it out there so we can deal with it and come to some sort of conclusion around it. But then both sides, like so we have to say that in a way that's healthy and we have to receive it in a way that's healthy. Both can be uh, super tricky. I know. I just want to piggyback on this before we jump into, you know, something else that we hope to encourage you with. But ladies, maybe this will help you when you feel like you want your husband to have your back with your kids um, or just kind of with anybody. But this never really showed up anywhere else. Matt, Matt, I know now that Matt has always had my back, that he his idea of like protection um, looks different than what I had originally defined it as. We had to redefine, okay, what does what does protecting me as your wife look like? Um, and with our kids, because, you know, Matt was kind of more of a runner 
from conflict and I was a fighter, um, I just would tell him like, you don't have my back. You never have my back. And this created such sadness for me and such disappointment and frustration. And what I realized, I hope this is as convicting for you if you feel the same way. What I realized, ladies, is that if I'm really convicted about something that I'm saying to my child and it's really a truth for me and it's really a trait or a virtue or something I want them to grab a hold of as their mama, I shouldn't need Matt to have my back. I got my own spine. I got my own back. And if it's a true conviction of mine, I'm just going to speak that truth into my kids. And I'm not going to put my husband on the hot seat because he isn't there like, yeah, cheerleading me or, you know, just giving me affirmation. That was an immature approach on my part to feel like you need to have my back. And so I've, I'm learning from that. I'm still learning from that. Like I, I know truth. I know, I know what it is that I'm trying to teach my child. I love the, the thing is you guys, is we have the same goal for our kids is to love them and to, um, let our kids know that they mean the world to us and that their future matters to us and how they carry themselves. It matters to us. And so we are on the same team of how we love our kids. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, which which kind of leads to, I think, probably, I mean, I suppose we should wrap this up eventually. Oh, but, there's um, so much here, though. Yeah, well, we'll do it again sometime. <laughs> um, but that the... The, so that, that word truth, like you shared, is, is a beautiful word, but a hard word, especially people who have been in faith circles. Mm-hmm. And what we've discovered is that, and, and we've got this therapist who we go to when things get bad enough that we think we need to go to a therapist, <laughs> and she's awesome. She's amazing. Um, which is hilarious, because she's like 12. Like, she's a kid. <laughs> she's, she's not 12. Kid. She's 30. I don't know, but we're not 30. And so I remember, like, when, when, we, when she was, like, on the possibility of like being our therapist as like not a chance in hell and then she ended up being great oh she's amazing and um she helped us to understand that I can have something that I believe is true Susie can have something that she believes in true those are, are that she believes is true those two things can completely contradict each other to the point that we're looking at each other like this is not going to work this is crazy there's no way we can function as a married couple like this and she was able to help us kind of back up what Susie just said which is underneath your opposing ideas of the truth are foundations that are the same and it seemed crazy when she said it but then she kind of walked us through it a little bit and we're like and um yeah so like the same (laughs) so yeah so we have different views on parenting but like Susie said like we both want the same thing for our kids we just maybe think of the way to get there a little bit different we have very different thoughts of the way we think about our faith but both of us believe that faith should lead to love and beauty and wholeness and Mm -hmm. all you know so there's foundational things underneath whatever it is that may be creating the conflict that if you can take a step back and think about okay you know, and I think this is this is what I, I'm sometimes a difficult person to understand, I think. And that's for a lot of different reasons, I'm sure. But w- the only thing that I want people to understand is that you might think I'm crazy. You might think some of the things I think, believe, say, do in life are crazy. And you might be right. But the only thing that I care about 
is that you can see below all of whatever you agree or don't disagree or don't agree with and see that there's a foundation under there that is really beautiful and good. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, all that any of us want. And so when you're in the midst of conflict, you know, sometimes it's important to, to deal with that thing that you're dealing with. Other times, it's actually just important to see beneath that thing that you're dealing with. And don't forget that this person that you're fighting with, that you're in conflict with, has this beautiful foundational core that at some point, like you fell madly in love Mm -hmm. with. And it's probably still there. It probably just presents itself a little bit different today. Yes. So when she said your foundations are the same, your behaviors are different, I think I took the biggest sigh of relief and that I got it. Like I got it in that moment so I could, so I could like re-engage with Matt in a really, really healthy way. It was, it was, it was a pretty critical moment. Yeah. It was like, you know, sometimes when you like, you read that book or you hear that song or that friend says that thing and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've been trying to say that forever. And I think that was, that was why that part of that counseling session was important to us because I've been, you know, I had been feeling up to that point, like. Like I'm being judged based on the, what is it? Like, I feel like I'm being judged based on like actions that will happen day to day as opposed to like the human being that I am, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm going to have days when I make good, good decisions and I'm going to have days when I make bad decisions. I'm going to have days when I do things that make you feel loved. I'm going to have days when I do things that make you feel Mm -hmm. unloved underneath it all. Like there's a foundation of goodness. Like I know, like, it would have been really helpful for me to keep that in mind when we weren't really good at this conflict thing. And Mm -hmm. like you could be yelling at me and my mind should have been saying, I know that underneath that anger is something really good. And that anger is actually coming out of a desire to have that goodness as a foundation. And these are, I mean, honestly, like a lot of this stuff is just crap that you learn as you grow up. Well, and as you were talking about the things that you would do every day, like, okay, I just can't get this right, but I'm a really beautiful human being. But that's the problem, you guys. That's what happens when things just keep adding up, adding up, adding up, and there's no resolve. It's like that couple we talked to one time when she got so mad that her husband's socks were always on the floor. We're like, this isn't about the socks on the floor. Right. That he didn't put them in the hamper. This is this is other things that aren't being resolved. And they're just creating angst and strife in your relationship because you're annoyed and you're frustrated and you're hurt and you don't feel seen by one another. And so all all of these things are like little chores that you have to do every day. You got to tidy things up every day in your marriage. Yeah. And and to kind of and I hope that this episode has been helpful from a standpoint of we're not giving you like the three point sermon on how to handle conflict. We're, we're in the midst of our differences, talking through the way that we've handled conflict, talking about our successes and our failures in hopes that maybe it'll create a perspective or just a general understanding that will help wherever you're at. Because the most important thing to do is actually engage in the conflict, not walk away from it. Uh, and this is something that I've had to learn as well because walking away from conflict is something I'm really, really good at. And, um, and the truth is like, dealing with conflict actually shows that you care about the other person. So, uh, you know, I'll be kind of vulnerable in this space and just say that for most of my life, from when I was young all the way up to most of my adulthood, when there was, and I'm talking like extreme, like major conflict between myself and another person, 
what I would always do is just say, that's fine. I'll move on without you. And I'm not only will I move on without you, I'll do something great on the other side of this. That's kind of my like super messed up um, way to think about things. What Susie and I have discovered, because we've had some really hard times in our marriage, what we've discovered is that actually in the midst of those hard times, whatever those hard times are, when you each choose to engage in the conflict, it shows that you're actually choosing one another and it shows that you're actually choosing, as we said way in the beginning, you're choosing intimacy over uh, comfort because mm-hmm. conflict's never comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Conflict is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's healthy conflict, though. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, we're just talking about conflict and knowing that in the midst of trying to deal with it, it'll be some parts unhealthy and some parts healthy. True. But the goal is as you continue to, to grow together, uh, and this could be friendship, this could be parent-kid relationships, this could be a marriage relationship, it could be really any relationship, conflict is still Parents. really important. Mm-hmm. That, um, that, that working through it in a healthy way is what matters. And we're all going to fail. Like Susie and I will record this podcast and maybe tomorrow we'll get in an argument and not handle it. Well, (laughs) you just, you know, it's, but you don't be like, we're allowed to, to mess up. We're allowed to fail as long as, you know, our intentions and our foundation is good and we keep trying. And, um, and I think sometimes, you know, talking specifically about couples and people who are close to one another, I think sometimes that's where we really mess up is that we stop caring enough as we get older we've all met like those older couples that it's obvious that they stopped caring enough to deal with the conflict and now they're just two people living in the same house you know I know nothing more that's when it's really sad and I was almost about to ask that question what do you do when love isn't in the room anymore you know because love's always been in the room with us but when love's not in the room that's a different story one that we cannot help you with <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I think I don't know. There's probably is help for that. It's probably not for this episode, right, but it's right. there's probably something to be said about that because love uh love morphs, love changes, and that's not a bad thing either. And so it's kind of understanding the the details of that. So anyway, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, handle your conflict well. Don't be afraid of it. Um, you know, hit it head on, but say what you mean and and try not to you know, bring offense or be offended. These are hard things. Like don't hear this episode and be like, oh, okay, sounds good. We got it. Um, but just, just keep in there. Keep, keep yes. trying and, uh, keep battling. Keep, we have to end with this because we have to, we have to, because this is something that was critical for me when we were having, you know, just really a lot of challenges and hardships, whether it was with parenting or with each other, I would come back to this, and I would like just put it on repeat in my heart and my mind. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. First Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no records of wrong or being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. That's huge. Never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance um this was so huge for me we were a little bit foolish because we didn't want to be cliche and put this in our wedding readings you know and I wish we would have because it is so so powerful so maybe if you're struggling with a loved one right now let this sink in read this verse a ton over and over again until it kind of heals your heart 
and helps you to move forward in love. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's December, by the oh way. Gosh, Merry We're Christmas. We're talking about conflict for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is some conflict. <laughs> anyway, hope your holiday season is off to a great start. I promise next episode we'll talk about something more holly and more jolly. Yeah. But honestly, like Christmas is still three weeks away, so I, you can only handle Christmas you know, is love. It's, it's like Christmas music. Like when you start it, it's got a shelf life, you know, and not for you, Susie, but for most of the world, eventually <laughs> like you get sick of Christmas music. So like I'm not going to talk about Christmas too quickly because you'll just get sick of it. It's so, true. Right. So anyway, hope your holiday season is off to a great start. And hopefully uh, something we said in this episode rang true or was helpful for wherever you are. So thanks for joining me, Susie. Appreciate it. You're welcome, babe. We are sitting on a, uh, I don't know, you should see our living room right now. It's hilarious. It's like a porch furniture and because like we ordered a couch, it's not here yet. And it's, uh, it's, you know, in a ragtag living room, which is awesome. But we love it. The adventure continues. Yes, it does. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you.